Okay, we're here live at the WIDA 2019 Conference in Providence, Rhode Island with Dr. David Holbrook. You appeared on our podcast before uh, with Teddy Rice talking about some of the impacts of ESSA, hoping to do something in the future. But for now, what's your impression so far of the WIDA Conference? Any big takeaways? I love the WIDA Conference. It's great. You get so many educators, uh, teachers, and administrators that come together to network and hear from each other. Um, I've really enjoyed being able to talk with uh, a, a number of people and find out what's going on. It's it's really a good time for especially that networking piece for me. So that's it's been great to be here. Yeah, for sure. That's what everybody says, like the networking, just seeing people in person. Um, and actually now we're seeing a lot more people in here as kind of there's a break, which is really nice. You can hear the background noise. So uh, kind of a big question, but in the last year or so, what do you think has been the biggest challenge in English learner education? There's a couple of things that come to mind when you say that. And for me, one of them you know, one of the Title III requirements, uh, um, and, and I maybe we'll talk about that later. So I'm going to just share, you know, when it comes to, you know, teachers, in, in some places there's just a lack of human capacity. There's a lack of training. There's, you know, I, I, I came from a state that was, you know, as a state director when I was doing that, it was mostly rural. And, you know, my big focus was trying to get some professional learning to, to the folks who really needed it. And I just spoke at a conference this summer in a state that has 12,000 English learners, and the state folks I was, you know, chatting with told me that they only have 58 certified L teachers in the state. Wow. And so that's like 200 Ls for every one certified teacher. So there's a huge, huge need for teacher training and, and standards and, and just to, to see that happen so that we get folks in the classroom who have the skills and abilities to actually help English learners attain English proficiency and acquire that content knowledge. Yeah, for sure. And specifically those content teachers who may have been working for, I mean, I taught for 17 years and saw the demographic shift in my school. I was a foreign language teacher, a Spanish teacher, so I I didn't see it as much as others. But there are teachers who don't, like you said, have that training and are not adequately prepared to work with this growing demographic of students. Yeah, yeah, that's a big big thing for me that's kind of been a real wide eye-opener this year. Um, especially that conference I was at where I was talking with those folks, and it's it's a big need. Yeah. What about success? What's been the, like, think about the last year or so, is there kind of a shining beacon of, of light and the success that you've seen? That's that's a difficult one because there's little successes here and there, but across the board, I think just getting the word out when it comes to some of the changes in ESSA because, you know, the podcast we did that talked about some of that, uh, where there's been a real shift of moving things from Title III into Title I, which has a lot more funding and a lot more staff and a lot more capacity to actually do some things. So with Title I now responsible for English language proficiency standards, the English language proficiency assessment, you know, the accountability for English language proficiency is now Title I. None of that's in Title III anymore. So even if you just look at those three things, that's huge. Um, for responsibility for Title I that hasn't had to deal with English language proficiency in the past. So just getting the word out and trying to get the, the word out that collaboration be, between Title I and those folks working with English learners is essential for Title I is a, is a big deal. We were talking about that yesterday. It seems like it's like still the secret, right? That's just not out yet, but you're, you're trying to amplify that, and we appreciate that, and, and that's something we'll get into more. And sure. honestly... Uh, uh, two years ago, like in the, the 2018 National ESEA Conference, uh, used to be the National Title I Associations Conference, uh, I did a presentation on, you know, English learner requirements and the shifts from ESSA to, um, from NCOB to ESSA. 
And they actually had me come and present it again the next year because they want to get that information out. And I speak at a lot of state conferences, and they're asking me to do that presentation. So I've done this presentation on the changes from moving all of that those responsibilities into Title I multiple times. And so, you know, for me, the success I'm seeing is getting the word out to, to folks so that they're it is the word is getting out it's slow to get out but it is getting out and that's that's been that's the success that i guess i've seen yeah that's good and folks like you are the kind of leading the charge so we we appreciate that another thing that i've seen become sort of a huge important topic and maybe it's always been an important topic but one that i think has seen a lot of light lately is the idea of um, family engagement and strategies around that have you seen a, have you seen a change in the way that districts are approaching family engagement particularly through the lens of essa over the last year or so you know, I, ESSA, you know, it was passed in 2015 and then supposed to be implemented in July 2016 and then kicked down the road to 2017 in July. And then the school improvement was kicked down the road even another year. So really, we're just really seeing ESSA get ramped up. And I think a lot of the word is getting out. I haven't seen a lot because it hasn't been around long enough for people to really understand. But getting the word out about the fact that Title I now has responsibilities at the district level to have regular meetings with parents of English learners mm -hmm. to talk about those L programs, to get feedback from parents, uh, things like that. And so that, that parent and family engagement piece in Title I is big, but then you also have a piece that's not talked about very much, and it's the only place in the law that I know of where there's a requirement for community engagement, and that's under Title III. It's a Title III had two things you had to spend your Title III money on under NCLB, and ESSA added this third thing, parent, family, and community engagement, and it's a requirement. And it's the only place in the law where you see a requirement for community engagement, and that's, that's, uh, that's for the parents and families of English learners, that, that whole community engagement piece there. So to me, uh, I've been trying to get the word out on that piece as well and, and saying, look, Title I has parent family engagement requirements for the parents of English learners, and Title III is the only place you'll see community engagement. So if you can use your Title III money to engage your, to help your families engage in the community and help your, you know, your students engage in their, you know, and get the school to engage in the students' community, you know, their, their L community, that's, that's a big thing that I'd really like to see take off. Yeah, and I think it's going to be great to start seeing some of those stories be told by people in the field who are doing it, which I don't, we're not quite there yet, I don't think. People are just starting to implement these things. But once they share their stories, you know, and, and there's an idea of how to go about doing it, actually, in the, in the field, I think we'll see a difference, hopefully. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the, the organization that I'm here representing, we did a webinar, uh, the National Association of English Learner Program Administrators. We did a webinar in, I think it was April, and we had a community engagement specialist from the Minnesota Department of Education who shared um, phenomenal work that she's done. And uh, I, it's, it was recorded. It's available on the NAILPA website. So I'd, if, if folks are interested, they could go and, and try to listen to that recording. We'll, we'll link to that at the end of this for sure so folks can awesome. find it. Great. Well, Dr. David Holbrook, thank you so much for stopping by. You're doing great work. And uh, stay tuned for more. Hopefully, we'll get you and our president and co-founder, Teddy, Teddy Rice, on for part two of your SF podcast. That would be great. Thanks, right. everyone. Thank you.